Beats, Brews, and Points of View is brought to you by Dream Over Reality Media and sponsored by Arctic Circle Brewing Company. gentlemen and welcome to a brand new episode of the beats brews and points of view podcast i'm your host neil richter along with my partner in podcasting sitting next to me on my left d-man bates the pip that is me and we are in detroit rock city for episode <laughs> 125 yes sir um it's nice to be back we've been off for a little bit because we've had some things going on uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed our two-part episodes that we've been rocking for you and uh the Kendrick breakdown that we did last week, I'm particularly proud of that one. Uh, I think we did a fucking phenomenal job of that. Listening and then, back. Uh, yeah, and on top of that, we were at Movement last week, so shout out to the Movement crowd. Shout out to all the acts that played. It was a dope experience. Uh, if you check on the gram, I, I did edited some photos and stuff like that just for shits and giggles. Yeah, uh, definitely, yeah. and we're definitely going to get to more of that later because coming up on the show tonight, um, unfortunately, <clears throat> we have to talk about tragedy once again. There's a lot. There's been a lot the um, which past is weeks. very sad, but um, it's part of life, so we have to do that. Um, but we hope to rebound with the celebration of life. We got Pride uh, and the celebration hey. of Pride and Black music this month. Hey, um, we have Arctic Circle brew or beers to review because we've got some new ones in Shout stock out for to Devin you. And Eric. Uh, we'll recap the Movement Weekend. We're going to recap Frost is Rad's first show. Uh, we're going to discuss the interview Isaiah Rashad did with Joe Budden. And lastly, we'll get to uh, a little bit of sports news before we uh, send you out. But um, before we move on, I just wanted to let you know that that song that we started the podcast with was by an artist named Sylvester, and it's called Do You Make Me Feel Mighty Real? Um, and the reason that I played that this week is um, for celebration of both Pride and Black History, or Black Music Month, I'm sorry, um, and... Sylvester is an artist that um, he came up around the 60s and 70s and, you know, cut his teeth in the soul music world. But as a um, flamboyant gay man who um, him and his early bands would all dress in drag, found it very hard to fit into the soul scene as the soul music that was coming out of that era was, you know, led by predominantly straight artists. You know, there wasn't Which any... Which is insane, considering the clothing choices. Oh, for sure. For that. <laughs> I mean, you got, like, Rick James. Yeah, you got, like... For real. Who's my man? What's that wire? That wire now? Who's that dude? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, what a fucking red-ass jockstrap. Yeah, <laughs> for real. But, yeah, so he was having tr- uh, trouble finding ways to chart. 
Um, and so they pointed out in this article on The Guardian that I wanted to read this little clip from you guys that in er- early 1978, Sylvester, Sylvester was in desperate need for a hit. He was 30 years old and had already lived an extraordinary life. In the late 60s, he had been, been a member of the Discotes, a group of fierce black teenage drag queens, somewhere between a street gang and a sorority house, as one former member of the band put it. They openly flouted California's laws against public cross-dressing and wandering the streets of South Central Los Angeles in full drag, uh, and through the outrageous hedon- and then through outrageous hedonistic parties. Sylvester later claimed that this band had joined in 1965 Watts riots, looting wigs, hairspray, and lipsticks. Just the fun stuff. <laughs> he graduated from high school wearing a blue chiffon dress and a beehive wig, moving to South, or San Francisco and joining the Crockett's, a cross-drepping hippie performance art troupe singing old blues and jazz standards uh, with an astonishing gospel-trained voice amid the LSD-fueled madness of their shows. Um, so they went on from that to you know him making this album called Step Two, which I have over here, in 1978. Um, and that's kind of when he found a home in disco music. Uh, he was having a lot of trouble with soul music, as I just mentioned, and kind of um, had producers that were like, well, have you been hearing this disco stuff going on? And they played it for him, and he started writing music in that fashion, and those producers were kind of like baffled about how like good it sounded right off the rip. And so he ran with that and that album, I think, uh, let me pull up this real quick. It went to number 28 on the billboard charts and number seven on the R and B soul charts. Um, which is funny. It didn't even hit like the disco charts, which is, which is what he's going for. But I mean, um, that, that could be traced to art, like artists today, especially black artists being pegged as R and B when they want to go pop. That's true, and also I wonder if there even was a disco charts yet because that was pretty early, like the you know seventy early seventies or, or late seventies early eighties is when disco was really starting to pop. So it might not have even been a charting thing. They might not have had a subsection for it yet. But. You would think disco. I mean, in the seventies, seventy eighties, that was pro- that was probably right. one of the biggest genres in the world outside yep. of like heart rock and roll. I would say. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, there was a whole rock and roll versus disco fucking yeah. battle at that time. But, um, yeah, I just wanted to share that a little bit with you guys because, you know, he was an outspoken gay black artist um, struggling to find, you know, a home. And, and, and in Detroit, too, we really celebrate dance music and electronic music and all forms of it. We just had the biggest celebration of it last weekend with Movement. Um, and that was a great time, dude. How much fun did you have at Movement? <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah, I uh, yeah, I I enjoyed myself. I, uh, I definitely definitely uh, partaked in the events of a uh, movement. It was first fun. time in three years. Yeah, well, yeah. Honestly, it's my first time going to movement since it was free. First of all, mm-hmm. uh, I got to see Two Chains perform. That was cool. Mm-hmm. Which is Two Chains follow, and then before him was Icewear Bezo, and before him it was uh, Nisha Nache. Yeah, and I got to see them. I got to see Clive on Stroke, which was dope. Fuck yeah. Uh, you know, what was it? Uh, Don't be afraid of Detroit. Well, yep. When did that album come out? Like early 2000s, I want to say? Mm, I'm not even sure on that. I, have to look that I, I might say that for something old, something new, because I, 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 I went back and listened to that album. Claude's but awesome. It, Detroit yeah. legend. Um, I checked out a lot, man. Philo was great. Philo was, was amazing live. Uh, 
Dude, oh, you know, who, who did we see? Like, we didn't even expect to see when we kind of were standing off to the side where we were on a alleged hangover. Um, <laughs> so, when we were just, like, walking around when we were waiting on Shannon. Who was it? Uh, Gorgon City? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they were, they were dope, man. I never heard of them before that, and they were, they were ill. Yeah, I really enjoyed them they a lot. They did that sweet-ass cover of Jefferson Airplane where they fucking, like, really danced it out and shit, and that was pretty fucking sweet. Um, yeah, I had a great time. It was fun to see that type of energy back in the city. Um, it's just, it's you know, it's nice to have, you know, people out doing their thing and shit. Um, it's overwhelmingly hard to keep up with all your friends that you want to see at these festivals because you're constantly so bouncing around. I, had, and- <laughs> I, I mean, we had groups of people just rolling through. I mean, especially by like. The first night it was just me. It was just me and Sean for the most part. Mm-hmm. By like night two, when we had people over and stuff like that, and it, it was a whole thing, dog. Oh like, yeah, was, yeah. That's the one thing about festivals is hard. Like I feel like you guys have to. I feel like there should be, and I feel like a lot of people other do this, but have like a common meeting ground if you guys get separated straight up. Because I think like <laughs> night. Three when I was I got separated from you guys and I was yeah. just like finding like six different groups to hang out with. <laughs> yeah. I like I think you guys walked out. Mind you, I was fucking gone out of my mind at this point. <laughs> but <laughs> like I, I think I was like I tried to venture out because I wanted to get water eventually, and then you guys like got dis- disappeared. I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> And then I'm like, all right, I guess I guess I'm rolling solo. I guess I'm on a choose your own adventure type deal right now. <laughs> so Dude, yeah, day three I was like spent. I did man. I, I was did so get tired. to see I did see Grizz uh, like a little bit of his set. Yeah, so, I saw yeah. a tiny bit of it yeah. and then I left. Um, but yeah, man, overall movement weekend was super fun. We really, really the enjoyed after parties that. Parties were solid too. After Shout parties out. are sweet. We had some at our own house. Marble Bar was Marble cool. Bar. We, we missed Spotlight, but shout out to Spotlight. We I love that place quite a bit. Anyway, I, I wanted to go. They had another like a like a post uh, movement a one movement on Tuesday. hangover like, day. Yeah, like the next day, I was like, yeah, no, nah, I'm, I'm good. I, I can't. I, I can't uh, stomach anymore. I like. Dude, I, I spent <laughs> mad money on the movement. Uh, it was. It was. It was all worth it. It was great. For sure, man. But um, yeah. shout out to oh, shout out to Sheefy too, because I saw like he had the mural on the back and everything like Dude, that. Dude, yeah, too. he I was doing he his played, thing. Yeah. Sheefy McFly, you know, he had the paintings and everything, and he was doing his own DJ sets and and yeah. Shout out, oh, and quick shout out to Ooze and Jars. Yeah. By the way, cannabis company. Uh, Ooze gave the the amount of money not Ooze. I'm sorry, the amount of money Jars gave out of like just pre rolls, dude. Mm-hmm. Holy shit! I remember we went. Uh, Sean and I went to go see Two Chains. And then it was like the pre-roll girl was just walking by like, hey, you guys want some joints? Like, it was like half grams of joints and stuff like that. I'm like, oh, shit. This is a, this is a thing? Oh, man. Shot charts, dog. Yeah. Absolutely, man. Well, before we move on into, you know, unfortunately, we have to talk about some tragic things. I think it would be appropriate to get to the beer first because, you know, we can have a little something to sip on while we're doing this. Um, so, E-Man, why don't you tell them about the brand new Arctic Circle beers we got. Looks like they've done these before, actually. Um, well, one of them at least. So, uh, we got a couple. Well, one Arctic Circle beer, and the other one is uh, another collab from another brewery that reps Arctic Circle heavy. But let's talk about the Arctic Circle one first. We have the Blue Tubes, uh, which is looks like a blueberry Hefeweizen brewed with. Actually, I think this was a stout. Yeah, it's actually a, a stout with marshmallow and blueberries. Uh, running at eight percent IB uh, ABV. 
Uh, nightly shows in Vegas go together like shrimp and a cocktail. Every joint on the strip has a signature show. The Performer Series takes a playful spin on some of the crowd favorites and offers a variety of beer styles, all waiting for your applause. So shout out to uh, our, our sponsor, Arctic Circle Brewing Company, as, Devin, well as, loaded, you, man. as well as Loaded Dice Brewing. Uh, hopefully we get them on the show very soon. The, art, or the artwork is yeah, killer, man. by the way. The Blue Man I Group. love it, man. Yeah. And this one's a little different. This one's got like the... That's different. Cool. Yeah, that's that's a different beer at all. Yeah. I th- is that supposed to be Shania Twain? I don't know who it's supposed to be. Oh, my yeah, my tart will go. <laughs> it's so sin- it, oh, it would be uh, uh, Celine Dion. Celine Dion. Celine Dion. Shania Twain, Celine Dion. Yeah. <laughs> Both Canadians, right? I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Shania Twain, Celine Dion, Biebs, The Weeknd. All Canadians. <laughs> 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 uh, well, while we toast these up, um, I'm going to play you guys a little bit of Sheafy since we were just talking about them. Here's a little bit of 20 Bitches Deep out of Sheafy McFly. Walk in the party, 20 Bitches Deep. 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 Walk in the party, walk, walk in the party, walk 20 Bitches Deep. 20 bitches deep, 20, 20, 20 bitches deep, 20 bitches deep, 20, 20, 20 bitches deep, 20 bitches deep, 20, 20, walk in the party, walk, walk in the party, walk, walk in the party, 20 bitches deep, walk in the party, 20 bitches deep, walk in the party, 20 bitches deep, walk in the party, walk, walk in the party, walk, walk yeah, so I didn't even break that one down yet, let me see what you got here now, here, 20, 20, 20 bitches deep. All right. 20 bitches see here. 20, 20, 20. It is a sour for sure. So they got like a whole. <laughs> so it's like a Vegas strip series they do. That's interesting. I was just reading. I was just reading about it. Uh. So that, my friend, is the tart. My tart will go on. Uh. So it's a collab beer between. Shout out to Austin Brothers Beer by the way and Loaded Dice Brewing. Uh, it's a collab series. It's a kettle sour that features on the Saskatoon berries right before pack. That features the addition of Saskatoon berries right before packaging. A liquid tribute to a uh, liquid tribute to the Queen of Las Vegas. I guess that is Celine Dion. Yeah, for right? sure. Uh, what's the so six percent ABV coming at no IBUs, rating at a four point two eight on Untapped. Yeah, man, I'm excited for. I'm excited to try that one too. It's pretty good, man. It's definitely uh, a sour for sure. It has like, unlike a lot of sours, you definitely can still taste like the. Um, I don't know what to call it, like a almost like the back end of like a pilsner type of deal. It almost seems like a pilsner mixed with a sour, kind of. Is that would that be accurate with this one? I, don't know I haven't idea. tried it yet, so I can't. I can't make a judgment on yeah, that. Yeah, you're gonna have to pour this. I'll, one I'll pour up. a little bit on that one. Let me um. Let's switch them here. <laughs> well, I just felt like some reverb when I I'm, set uh, the beer down. Damn, I should have <laughs> had some water to rinse this bad boy out. <laughs> I think I have one sitting over here. here. I, say, I just want to like rinse the cup out a little bit. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, so as far as the blue tubes, so I wasn't expecting blueberry and a stout to really go together, especially with like the lactose thing, like marshmallow. Uh, it's really got a nice like solid like. You can taste like the blueberry like fruit to it, but it has like almost kind of like a weird like. Dude, I can't even describe it. It's all over the place for me to be honest with you, Devin. Let me see what you're saying. So like, it's like. Your mic is definitely. It's a really nice like. 
<laughs> yeah, it's a really nice balance to it. So it's got like Whoa. that stout, like chocolatiness to it, right? But then like that marshmallow gives like a little bit of like a velvety smooth consistency. But then it has like almost like a, it, I can't even say stone fruit because blueberry is not a stone fruit. Obviously, it's also kind of like, dry. Yeah, it's like a dry finish but it's to like it. yeah, like the actual consistency. Yeah, dude, it's weird. It's not bad. It's just I don't know how to like really describe it. I actually, you know what? I actually like this a lot more than. Most stouts that I would taste because I feel like it's more carbonated than a, a, a normal stout is. That's what I was going to say. It's definitely more like... Bubbly. Yeah, it's definitely got like a higher carbonation count to it. It's like the high, the head on it is actually... I like high, that. Yeah. That's good. No, that's really good. Thank you, sir. Yeah. Um, mm. I can't decide which one I like better. I definitely, like, I definitely like the tart would go on better, but... Like, the tart one is pretty good. Um, The tart one. So... Saskatoon. I don't even know what the hell a Saskatoon berry is. I'm gonna be honest with you. I, <laughs> I've I never have heard no of idea. <laughs> I, I genuinely don't know. I apologize, guys. I mean, Google that was that just like app. me last week or, or the last time we did it. What was the uh, you, what was that? Yuku's? What was the berry? The y- yuzu? Yuzu berry? Or yeah, I was like, I never heard of a yuzu <laughs> berry. <laughs> There's all kinds of fruits out here in the world that I haven't tried before. Yeah, dude, it's very like citrus. It's got like a very like citrusy. It's weird drinking like, that after drinking that. Yeah, this these should these, we should have definitely not <laughs> did these together. Them. I'm gonna be like the, that's why I had to like rinse that out to like make room for this one. But yeah, no, this one is it's interesting, dog. So it's got like a weird like it is very tart, not too sour. It's not like punch you in the face sour, but it's like really like subtle to it. But it's got like a nice sweetness. I don't know what a fuck a Saskatoon berry is, so I can't really like judge that part. Saskatoon berry. That's the name of the episode. <laughs> Saskatoon berry. I actually, I'm I'm 100 with that. Eric, if you were here, we could timestamp that. Saskatoon berries. <laughs> oh, I love that shit. That's funny to me. Um, yeah, no, I, I definitely. I'm going to keep sipping on this throughout the thing. I've definitely never so had... that's a Saskatoon berry. Oh, it's pretty looking. It's Paci- uh, let's see. Pacific Service Berry. It's my favorite color, purple. Yeah. Your aura is purple. <laughs> purple. <laughs> Bro, shout out Kate Hudson, by the way. I saw like photos of her over the week. Like I follow her on Instagram because she's so goddamn fine still. And I'm like, she posted like photos of her and her son at graduation. And I'm like... You look the same age as your kid. You know, this is not sake. as carbonated as I thought it was going to be, too. That's one thing I could take away, too. Which it's one? very the, the Saskatoon berry. Yeah, that one isn't. This one on. is. Yeah, that's one it's thing I can say about it. It's like a very, like, low body, like, not a full, like, very low body, but it's, like, really, like, watery, mm-hmm. but still has got, like, all the flavor to it, and it's, it's, it's interesting. I like it a lot. The aroma of it is really good, too. Yeah, it's no, I very, agree. I'm going to drink a little bit more of it after I finish this one up. The blue tubes. Very a lot more carbonated. Yeah, a lot more carbonated than I thought. That one's like really solid. Like I like that blueberry like flavor that too. Blue it. Man Group um, lactose. Well, the Blue Man Group artwork is pretty funny. I though. just want to like know that. how much of a pain in the ass was to clean the uh, the kettle out on that one. <laughs> I, I don't know if anybody out here has ever like tried to brew with marshmallow before, but it is one of the most pain in the ass like things ever. One of the most pain in the ass adjuncts to deal with. Ever because it's yep. just so sticky. Oh anyway. man, I could only imagine. All right, let's get. And then, like, there's other ones that use like candy. Yeah, I can only imagine. Woo, boy, peanut butter. Peanut butter is one of the worst too. Well, unfortunately, right. we do have to cover this, and you know, we don't like to be on sad topics for very long. But we lost some people since we've been over off the last few weeks um, that we needed to touch on. That we, you know, we we, we definitely have to. Um, let me pull this up real quick. 
Okay, yeah. So there was a few things that I wanted to touch on this week um, in, in, in the RIP section. And um, first one is kind of like a, a little bit close to home. Um, there is a jeweler that's pretty famous in Detroit whose um, name is Hutch, David Hutchinson. I'm sorry, Dan Hutchinson. Um, and he was popping, I think, originally because he was outfitting some of the D12 guys back in the day. Proof was one of his first big clients. Um, he makes these really beautiful jewelry. And um, the reason I'm touching on this mostly is because I used to work with um, – you know what? I don't even want to mention his name because I don't know if he wants to be on the podcast. I didn't ask him. so Just a friend um, of yours. Just a friend of mine that I used to work with back in the day at Palermo who, you know, at a turning point in his life, he was coming up to, you know, his 30s and was, you know, at this place where he was tired of being a line cook, you know, and he had been friends with Hutch for a long time. And Hutch offered him an opportunity at the jewelry shop. And, you know, it really changed my friend's life, um, like, in a big way. He went from being, you know, broke to, like, you know, doing good things in life and big things in life and uh, and stuff that he can be proud of. And, you know, that guy was was that for a lot of people. You know, he offered a lot of Metro Detroiters jobs and, and really was thriving in his jewelry business. And, unfortunately, um, last week, he was with his wife in their Yukon Denali, and they were they were just leaving one of the pawn shops that he owns in Detroit, and um, this man pulled up on him and unloaded 12 shots into the driver's side door, um, killing Hutch, unfortunately. Um, Did it, how was his wife? I actually didn't know she was His wife didn't, know she was with did him. not hit, get one bullet, which is so That's lucky and so yeah. fortunate. And I just wanted That's to read this here because situation. I just saw... Um, that they just posted that they caught the guy. So um, it was a 44-year-old Detroit man has been charged in the shooting death of popular jewelry store owner Dan Hutch Hutchinson Wednesday afternoon in Oak Park. Um, Ray Dontra Larry was arraigned Friday, according to the court documents, and entered a non-plea, uh, a non-guilty plea, but bond was denied. He was charged with first-degree murder and firearm possession of a felony. Uh, Police say Larry approached Hutchinson and opened fire, shooting him multiple times in what they have called uh, by investigators a targeted killing. The owner of Hutch's jewelry was inside the GMC Yukon Denali with his wife at the time in the car, pulled up and fired more than a dozen rounds into the SUV. She was uninjured. Hutchinson had uh, been taken to the um, the hospital but died um, in the hospital. Um, so we want to just say rest in peace to him. I know he's, you know, also was close with, um, you know, Sean's cousins, uh, in the day one group, you know, they got all their jewelry outfitted by Hutch. You could, you just saw them all recently together on that sports center clip that was going around, uh, you know, with OT's big old chain. Cause that chain is fucking ridiculous. It's so crazy. <laughs> but yeah, Hutch is, Hutch was right there with them and that's his seats. Like that's his club seats at the Pistons. So you know, a big member of the community that we lost. That's so, man. yeah, no, I, no, I, I, I'm be honest with you, I wasn't really hip to Hutch. Right. Yeah, for sure. I'm a, I really, I'm, I don't know, but yeah, that's still the loss of life, especially in the community. Um, mm-hmm. you know, it's part of our culture and stuff just, like that. And he was just a positive Bro. guy, man. Like he was just nice to everybody. So, shout and out you, to him. Like I didn't know that you even had that personal connection to him. Well, your boy, but mm-hmm. still, like I, yeah, I didn't know anything about that situation. So that's right. uh. Yeah, so rest in peace, out, Hutch. Man. I'm glad his wife's okay. That that's too, a, that's a blessing in his own. And, and did he know, have kids? 
Um, you know, I'm not positive on that. I'm not because I, I didn't know him personally. I only knew uh, my buddy that was like his right hand man, basically. Um, so, you know, Mike, I'm sending love to you, buddy. Um, if you're listening. Um, but then also we want to say rest in peace. I was unfamiliar with this rapper, but he apparently was a pretty big deal in this Atlanta. This was today, right? This was, or I yesterday. think yesterday it happened. His name is Trouble. Um, I wasn't super hip to his music, but I, you know, I was going through his catalog today and he's got a lot of songs with Mike Will made it. He's got a song Chains, with Drake. Gucci Mane, Drake, the, the, the Migos guys. So like he was definitely doing his thing. And unfortunately he was gunned down and killed at 34 years old. Um, which is a trend that we're going to be hearing about this whole RIP section, which is really troubling in this country. Um, and then moving on, also in Atlanta, uh, Metro Boomin. Um, that story's massive, fucking crazy. Massive producer, uh, a massive, massive producer of Countless the last hits. 10 years. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable how many hits that guy has now. Um, unfortunately, his mother was killed and shot by her boyfriend, who then killed himself afterwards. So we just want to, you know, I, we, we don't Prayers know out the Metro Boomin, man, yes, and his family. Exactly. Like, I, I don't want to spend too much time on that, because exactly. that is... Agreed. Because we it's got a so lot of... Sad. I'm going to just keep it a buck with you. We got a lot of sad shit to talk about the next, like, yep. 20 minutes, so... Um, and I, then, yeah. also, Master P's daughter, which is another super sad thing. It always makes me more upset to hear about, you know, um, a person losing their child more than anything. That really upsets me which is going to be more talked about um, here in a second, but I'm going to save it to last. Um, we also got to say rest in peace to Ray Liotta, legendary Goodfellas actor who passed away in his sleep. They say peacefully, so that's at least gives you a little bit of like um, reprieve, I guess, a little bit. You know what? The one thing I will say that hopefully somebody can laugh at, remember when Ray Liotta was in the movie that 50 Cent thought he was going to win an Oscar for? <laughs> All things fall apart. Yeah, he was like the doctor that prescribed, like told him he had cancer. I think (laughs) there used to be so many funny memes about that. To to this day, people post that photo because Fifty like lost a ton of weight. He he thought he was going to the fucking moon (laughs) off of that movie. And people were like, "Yo, Fifty literally lost all this weight like Christian Bale." Mind you, Fifty, mind you, Fifty. I mean, Fifty. Like, 50 has power uh, for life. So he has a bunch of shit yeah, going on, so he's fine. Oh, he's fine. But he thought he was going to fucking Oscar off of that shit. <laughs> <laughs> that is hilarious to me. But oh, yeah. by the way, if, if we sound a little weird on the mics, this is our first attempt at recording by ourselves without Eric. Because yeah, Eric man. is gone. So if we Eric, sound a little reverby or randomly gainy at certain points, we're sorry. We're not engineers. Yeah, I, I, we, we, we did our best. We're, we're trying. I, 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 I tried. We're, we're I gonna, was at this bitch for like four hours working on this. We are going to make Eric doctor this shit up so it sounds crispy. <laughs> so, but anyways. We're going to definitely uh, give it the, the meat and potatoes. I think um, Ray Liotta's probably his most notable Good. roles would be Goodfellas and Feel the Dreams. Um, did it the same year, by the way. Was that the same year? I think that was the same year. What, Holy what, Christ. what range? That's, that's what crazy. What range on that? Honestly, I, I have to say this because me, me and him are both gigantic movie fans. We're fucking nerds for the shit. I think Goodfellas is like, if not in the top 10, top 20 movies that's ever been made, in my opinion. Like, that's one of those ones that, like, you'll if it's on, you're going to fucking watch it because how can you not? It's like, I think it's like. I think it bests a lot of gangster movies that people hold in a higher regard, honestly. I think it's better than Scarface. 
I think it's right. I think it's right up there with The Godfather. Quite he honestly. was working. So when he he what was it? Puerto Rico? He died or something like that? Somewhere south. America. He was on vacation with his wife. No, uh, no, I thought he was filming a movie. No, he was on vacation. That's what I. Well, maybe. maybe he I, was. I heard he was filming some some uh, like a movie or something. like I that. I just saw a thing today that said he was out to dinner with his wife um, the night before, like that he mm-hmm. died. So like he was. You know, Dude, Blow. I'm just looking at his catalog. Fuck, I forgot Blow too. Yeah, it's, it's, John Q. Dude, his, the B movie. Honestly, <laughs> and, and, and here's even something to be said about him as an actor because there's a movie that you know it's kind of a low budget Seth Rogen one that wasn't as popular. Observe and Report. I love Observe and Report. That I movie hated is so it. fucking hated funny it, to me. Hated it. Hated it the first time I saw it. <laughs> it grew on me. I, I love Anna it. Ferris. Nobody plays a dumbass like Anna Ferris, <laughs> first of all. No, but, but like, that lo- <laughs> movie's so dark and it like totally led to like um Eastbound and Down and the Righteous Gemstones. Like it's totally in that did, cloth of like Did Eastbound and Down come before? No, no, no. It started after that shit. Did it? For sure it did. Hundred percent. Evan Goldberg or not Evan Goldberg, um that was like Danny Brown and his or Danny Brown. <laughs> Danny McBride and his writing troupe. So, so that was like cause I know that Observer Report and Paul Blart came out right before that too, right? So there was like a whole they, they, Those both thing. came around the same time. And yeah, there was definitely stuff about that. But Observer Report was 10 times funnier. But Ray Liotta yes, played this was. like no, hard, hard-nosed <laughs> fucking cop that, um, you know, comes to... The, like Seth Rogen's character is like this... Mall. It was the same year. It was yeah, the same yeah. year. I thought so. <laughs> but Ray Liotta plays like this hard-nosed cop that comes to the mall that's like trying to actually solve this fucking peeping Tom guy that's at the mall. Meanwhile, like, Seth Rogen is getting in his way at every fucking level because he thinks he's, like, this badass cop, even though he's just the mall security guard. And it's fucking hilarious. Um, Go watch Observe and Report if you've never seen it. Aziz Ansari's got some fucking funny-ass lines. (laughs) Fuck you, Ronnie. (laughs) So here's the thing. It wasn't me. My dick is fucking brown. My dick is brown, you dumb motherfucker. (laughs) I forgot about that damn scene. (laughs) He goes, you fit the the profile. What do you mean I fit the profile? (laughs) My dick is fucking brown. (laughs) Oh, man. That's just too funny. You gotta be able to laugh in these situations. You know what? You know what I'll take that back, Neil. That movie actually was pretty funny. Dude, that movie's <laughs> so about fucking hilarious. I didn't like it at first when I saw it. it was, here's the thing. Was, when it come, And I'm gonna go off topic here real quick. That, what's the other? Uh, I saw that in theaters. I didn't like it, but I liked it when I first saw it. There's three Seth Rogen movies for me like that. It was that. It was uh, This Is The End. I didn't like it in theaters, but I saw it like later and I loved it. What? And Sausage Party, I didn't, li- I didn't like it. And I didn't I like saw it. it later. Sausage Party was all right, but this is the end. I th- and Observe and Report are two of my top Seth Rogen movies. Like without, I thought this is the end. When I saw that in theaters, I was like, not only is this hilarious, but this is a fucking straight up awesome, like dystopian, like fucking end of the world type movie. I'm like, they did a fucking phenomenal job with this. And Observe and Report, that's the type of humor I love the most. Like I am so into like dry. Super dark ass humor, like Michael Cena in that movie. Shout out to Sarah. him. No, 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 Michael Cena. I thought it was the, fuck, Ma- no, Michael the, the Mexican actor that plays the Pena. Pena. Right. <laughs> I thought it was Cena for some reason. <laughs> Michael Pena. He is so fucking funny in that movie, man. Like he's so like unintentionally hilarious at all times. Like. I'm a criminal man. I don't get no fuck. He's like, Damn it. Okay, I actually do love it. I, I retract my I wait, statement. I, I, wait, I love that movie. I wait till everybody leaves the mall and then I steal shit. Yeah, man, I'm a criminal man. I don't get no fuck. 
<laughs> I love. I Seth, do love Michael Pena though. And Seth, they're rolling around the mall, just fucking up those skateboarders. Fucking, he literally steals the one kid's skateboard. Hey man, the beer hits the other kid. The beer is cool. The girls are wet. <laughs> the beer is cool. The girls. That movie's the greatest, man. I love that fucking movie. But anyways, moving on. God damn it, Neil. We have, Actually, we have a lot to cover. We got to move on. Oh, we got to move on. Um, and then also one of the founding members of Depeche Mode. Andy Fletcher, yeah. who was their keyboard player, synthesizer, which is like in a band like Depeche Mode that is like this, you know, early on post punk, um, kind of like electronic group. Um, he was a gigantic pivotal role in it, one of the founding members, and his loss is going to be detrimental to that band. Um, he was really, really important. And, you know, they. They came on the waves of the end of punk rock music, which is also something that I'm interested in right now, as you've heard on the podcast, because I've been going through it, which we will literally be discussing later. Um, You know, like his some of the the funny part is tonight I'm going to be talking about the Sex Pistols and Sid Vicious actually played drums for Susie and the Banshees very first uh, gig ever. And um, Andy Fletcher, he credits uh, Susie and the Banshees of being one of his earliest influences in making music for the Depeche Mode. So it's crazy how everything kind of ties together sometimes in life, man. But that's definitely one of those things. Um, and then also we got to say um, we just found out about it right before the podcast. Um, a member of John Bon Jovi's band, um, Alec John Such, passed away, which, you know, neither of us are – know much about Bon Jovi's music besides obviously the hits living on a prayer and shit like right. that. Oh. Uh well, what's the other one what's the other one that gets the uh gets the people going? I don't even it's know. Living on a prayer and uh there's another one. <laughs> there's, yeah, like it's my life. Oh, it's now or never. <laughs> I am gonna live forever. <laughs> so, so coming soon. Those, those karaoke hits. Coming, <laughs> coming soon, Neil and E Man sing the eighties. <laughs> oh man! Um, and then finally, I gotta—I I, want to mention this one for sure because currently—and I've mentioned this the last three weeks, I think, in the podcast that I've been reading this Dilla Time book, and Dan Charnas does a phenomenal job of giving you backstories of everything in popular music when he's talking about it. You know, he doesn't even get into Dilla before he gives you a full background on the man that made the synthesizers, the MIDI's, the drum machines. And one of those men, his name is Dave Smith, who unfortunately just passed away on May 31st at 72 years old. And he was the founder of the synthesizer company Sequential. And uh, Smith is credited as creating the first polyphonic synthesizer with fully programmable memory, the Prophet 5, which had a major impact on the music industry and was also the lead development in the MIDI, which is a standard interface protocol for synchronizing electronic instruments and audio equipment. So, I mean, that guy, that is, that might sound like a lot of nerd shit that you don't even understand, but the MIDI is so goddamn important for people making music in today's time. Like, it's so influential. It completely 
the synthesizer and the MIDI completely revolutionized the that sound way of popular you don't have, music. I mean, that's why you don't have to have live instruments anymore is because of things like that. A thousand like, percent. Yeah. Like a lot of like a lot of the tracking and stuff like that, like you can replicate. Like, I mean, mind you, it's always good to have like live instruments and music. However, it takes like that logistical factor out of it to where you have to like call up this person and stuff like that to get these live tracking down. You can just like take that sound and break it down in a MIDI and stuff like that. And a lot of guarantee a lot a lot of motherfuckers today, you know, just to normal to like, normalize it for him and I just sitting here. Yeah, E Man as a a hip hop artist. He has a MIDI, and he will literally come up with his ideas, on, you know, before he, you know, even takes it to the production or where he wants to go with his beats. You know, he'll come up with something on his MIDI that he can rap along to to get the, you know, the flow and the Look at Neil talking me up, y'all. You know Look at Neil talking he, me he up. He does, though. I, I've watched, <laughs> I mean, I've watched him do it like, many a time. So, I mean, it's really – it, um, and we, we brought it up on the podcast on how, like, the synthesizer was, like – a giant thing in the world of Stevie Wonder in the late 70s or early to late 70s and how that kind of just totally took the world on storm. You know, you had Kraftwerk. Speaking of which, Kraftwerk was just here last night and I'm so fucking mad that I did not know about it. They did a Kraftwerk 3D show last night in Detroit and I cannot fucking believe I didn't know about it because that would have been one of the best things ever to see. Um, they're like literally the pioneers of this electronic shit. So shout out Kraftwerk. Anyways, I digress. We've got to keep moving on. Yeah, man. Um, and the last one that we had to touch on that, you know, is the one that we definitely would wish didn't have to talk about would be the shooting in Udalvi, Texas. Um, unfortunately, 19 kids and two adults um, lost their lives to more senseless gun violence. Um, I don't even know what to say. It's like, it's one of those like speechless moments where it's like, when is enough enough? Like when kids are getting killed and you know, the, the leaders of that state are speaking at NRA conventions days later in support of gun rights is like so backwards and fucked up and twisted. And, and this is what I really want to say about it is yesterday I saw that there was outrage from the Republicans that. In Book It at Pizza Hut, there was a book about drag kids. They spend more energy being mad about a children's book about drag kids than actual children being murdered. Like, (laughs) it's so twisted how these motherfuckers care about lining their pockets full of money more than they care about kids. And I also want to make this unequivocally clear because Iman and I are both, you know, liberal leaning men but none no democrat that i know wants your guns no one's coming for your guns like you like we just want stricter laws and make it harder mm-hmm. for crazy motherfuckers to get these things so let me let me let me add to that real quick i am all for guns and like for like like safety, nobody fucking needs an automatic AR-15. Exactly. This motherfucker right here, right? What burnt? What really? Uh, out of all the like, there's a lot. The mass shootings are way too common in this fucking country. Way too common. And there's in this been world, several since, and stuff by like the that. Way. Let me let me get this shit right, off right. real quick. The fact that this this situation, this kid just turned eighteen, right? Mm-hmm. He just turned 18. 
He got an AR-15, a pistol, a vest, whatever the fuck he got. The same, was it the same day or a day later on or some his, shit? On his birthday. On his fucking First birthday. First of all, there was like a, a three or four day waiting period or some shit like that they have here. So I don't, like Texas, what, what the Texas fuck are y'all so doing, dog? Like, first of all, like... On top of that, this dude is 18. What the fuck do you need an AR-15 for at 18 years old? And then he went and he shot his grandma before he got to the school, right? Surprisingly, his grandma actually survived. I just found out that his grandma... He shot her in the face and she survived. When you hear about Matt, like... Because this one irks me more than a lot more before. this is coming off the heels. Anything that involves children, right? Because... 19 fucking children lost their lives to me at a school where you're supposed to be safe, where you're supposed to be guarded and everything like that. And the fact that it it just doesn't sit right with me that this dude was able to fucking go get a gun the same day. Not Not just a gun, an automatic weapon, go in there, shoot his grandma fucking come back on a police chase because the police were after him at that point, right? Mm-hmm. No, and no. Then fuck- <laughs> Here's the even more fucked like, up thing. The police were oh, there. Oh, 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 no. I'm getting to that. Let me let me finish real quick. Sorry. Dog. Let me, my bad. Let me get there. I'm heated. <laughs> no, because this is... This, no, we're on, we're on the same page here. Mm-hmm. On top of that, the reports came out later that the police were there it's nobody they were getting their own children out which you know would be cool if you were you know trying to actively defuse a situation at the same time which goes back to why the fuck, fuck does an 18 year old need an ar <laughs> because listen like if if the cops if a group of cops there was several cops on the scene if all of them motherfuckers are too terrified to go in and pursue this guy because of the weapon of choice that he has inside there. Why are you paying taxes for? Why Fuck do it. we fucking? Why are we selling those guns to people? That is, it's unnecessary. One thousand percent. No one needs an AR. It can do immeasurable amounts of damage in seconds. In fucking seconds. That, like, and then like, you have parents showing up to the scene trying to get their kids out with the cops spending more attention trying to keep their parents out of the school than actually going into the school to, pursue, to to stop this guy. And I get it. It is definitely scary. But this is the job that you fucking signed up for. This is the job that you signed up for. And there is kids, little ass kids, fourth graders at risk here. And you're too pussy to go in and do your fucking job? I'm sorry. That going is back, what do, what do we pay taxes for? Like for real. we pay, like for real. This, no, man. This, the fact this, that nineteen fucking children are gone. This mother, nineteen, dude. The mother younger than me was accosted by police, put in handcuffs, convinced the police to let her out of handcuffs, broke into the school, ran to her kids' classrooms, and got her kids out without anything on her. She didn't have nothing. Like, come on. I mean, you got to show some fucking bravery here. And this is coming off the heels. Of 12 black elderly people being murdered in seconds at a fucking supermarket in Buffalo, New York. It's like, it, when is it uh, when is it enough where we decide that the people in our country are more valuable than the guns in our country? I saw a, a tweet from Scarface, uh, legendary rapper Scarface. Texas. That, that, that made so much sense to me where he was like, he was basically getting at the, pe- or the, the, the higher ups in Texas and was like, 
I own an AR. I'm willing to part, and I also have a fourth grade student. I'm willing to part with my AR. I'm not willing to part with my kid. It's just like, I, I don't get the point. I'm all for guns. I'm like, I've never, and I've been open about that. I don't see the point of automatic weapons. Exactly. Like for a common And statistics will show you. Statistics will <laughs> show you that more people but, die hey. on accidental deaths in the house than they ever do actual saving lives by someone intruding your home. So I think you should really, and you know, you know, we're not the the voices of reason. You know, we are. No, just, I'm, I'm no. We are completely biased on this podcast, mind you, when it comes to. All, but you know, like we're that. also but, reasonable people. You know, we're not. I, I don't. You know, I'm a, a a very liberal person, but I don't hate my my Republican friends. I don't claim any of that shit. I get along with a lot of people that are Republican. I get along with people that are think differently than me every fucking day. It doesn't matter to me how you vote to be to know if you're a good person or not but i mean you have to like stop and think a little bit like what's more important like the political party that you support or you know this shit so i don't know that's i mean i just there's and that's what the thing is when you go to like there's a thin line where you take things from both aspects of it. I'm, I mean, we're not a political podcast, and I'm not going to make this a political podcast. But there's this an shouldn't be political. Like, this no, shouldn't be political. No, this is human. This is human interest, as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. Like for sure. Like nineteen fucking kids are dead, dog. And that, then that that does not sit right with me. And then and there's something even... about like when we were talking when you're talking about Buffalo, when we we're talking about like the elderly, the elderly people that got killed in the grocery store and stuff like that. That made me sad, too, because this was targeting black people specifically. Mm-hmm. And that, I mean, but at the same time, we've heard that fucking story before. And it, we've heard it way too much to the point where it's just like, where the fuck is the line where, what do we do? What do we do from here? Like, me and you specifically, like, what can you do besides, you know, get on social media, have our platform like we have here? Like just my, stuff like that, and then it's just like when when you think of that things like that, I think that's why people get numb to it because you feel helpless, mm-hmm. and that's fucking just discerning that that you replace empathy with apathy in a yeah. way, and at that time, and, then and it's just like, and then not not only you know days later after that, there's a you know another mass shooting in Oklahoma at a fucking hospital, bro. So it's like, to me, I guess I just want to say that you should really consider um, what what you deem as politics and what you deem as just being a good person and, and how you vote should... Um, I think you should put... This will be the last thing I say on it, actually. Pay more attention to your local politics. Vote locally before you really give a shit about the president because that's directly what's going to affect you in the state that you live in is your local politics. The judges, the sheriffs... All the people that are in the community that you are living in, that's what you should really focus your energy on above all else. Um, and, man, the South is so behind the eight ball, bro. You need to get their shit together, man. But we need to fucking move on from this. I feel yeah bad for spending this much time yeah, on it already. I need to, I need, yeah, we need to switch topics because it's like... And it's hard to even switch topics from there because, like, how do you do it? I don't know how these. No, you don't. We just have to fucking do it, unfortunately. And it's like I feel for so. Prayers out to the families of the children and you know the teachers that 
were because uh, it was a couple. It was like three adults, right? Three two adults and nineteen kids. And you know that and that teacher, um, she let her life she, on the line. She, dog. she she died a hero. Yeah. And and her unfortunately her husband died of a broken heart the day after. She's fucking crazy. So her kids are orphans now. Um. Yeah. It doesn't sit right with me. And no, it doesn't. and I, and then the dude got to he got taken out too by the police, right? Yes. Uh, yes. What He's was one it? of the adults that died actually. He's one of the two adults. That oh, died, the okay. And him. Um. But yeah, it's it's unfortunate. I don't know how you late night hosts do this shit. Like I don't know how Jimmy Kimmel does that and then goes on and fucking like does a show after it's Because you do. replace empathy with apathy because it happens way too often. Yep, yep. And, and like, and so I guess in true fashion of what I do on this it's show. Up. It's, it's a fucked up society we live in. Terrible dog. death <laughs> like comes real. more life. So we do have to oh, celebrate shit. some birthdays. So people uh. there are people out here that are moving around and living and having a good time and you know we will transition on that plus i'm sure all of you are have because we've been off since what it happened so it's it's you've had time to see yeah yeah time to i mean you don't process this you you take it for what it is and you say prayers out to everyone Mm -hmm. because that's all you can fucking do but also knowing that the thoughts and prayers are not fucking doing enough you gotta do more than fucking (laughs) prayers and thoughts like what do you what do you do with that deal like what do you what do you genuinely do with that like for real like what can you actually do there's a GoFundMe out there for the support of families I saw that here's how I transition Brandy Carlisle had a birthday yes hey (laughs) Uh, no we're we, we are going to get to the the happier things in life here. Let's do it. Um, Brandy Please. Carlisle had a birthday that, you know, is one of um, America's best singer-songwriters. You know, she's kind of transcended, transcended genre, uh, has made some super friends in this industry. And, you know, she's even on Alicia Keys' last album, um, even though, that you know, their music doesn't typically sound anything like each other. But uh, I kind of love that in life when you see the unassuming artists collaborate with each other. Um, and then also one of our favorite goddamn rockers of all time who stands for the right side of the cause, who Paul, literally does not give a... F- <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> <laughs> Tom Morello for Rage Against the Machine. Is that Frost's birthday, it's is It's not, no. <laughs> I was going to say, what? <laughs> and then the voice of God himself, I believe he really is God, maybe, right? Morgan Freeman's God? He's got to be God. I mean, he literally played God in a movie, yes. <laughs> he's, he's, he's so much of a big deal that we decided like a couple weeks ago, or probably a couple months ago, that we're not doing actors' birthdays Morgan anymore. Morgan Freeman transcends but he's this. But he's Morgan Freeman, so fucking, yeah, shout out Morgan Freeman. Also a really big deal, which made me really happy, almost brought a tear to my eye, even though the ceremony was kind of funny because the chick couldn't get the sign off of the off the street sign, but... Big L got a street named after him in That's New York, um, and you know we we celebrate his life, even though he we lost him in the early two thousands. Early man, like he would have been one of those guys. Dude, he was. I think about that randomly sometimes. Like, what if Big L was around? I think he'd like, be a, to two thousand Jay Z Biggie level, straight up. Like he was. Yeah, he was like, on When that you track. go back and listen to the the put it on his it, first couple put albums, man. Like right. it's just like. It's like the best kind of street rap you could ever hear because it's not like a glorification of it. It's like a fucking news story about what the Would fuck you hear. Would Vince Staples be like our version of Big L? That's a good point, man. That's a that's a good comparison. I would, yeah, I like that. I like that. I, 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 I like that one too. If I had to compare 
a big L of like our era, mm-hmm. it would probably be Vince Staples. And I like that too yeah. because it was like, um, you know, both of them were like of the street, but made it a point to never make their music sound like they were glorifying the street. It right. Made, it was more of like, and something that, since we're speaking of Vince real quick, something that I love about Vince is like his ability to make jarring songs lyrically, but like the song doesn't sound like that. Like sometimes he'll have a party record where they're, if you actually that take the second fucking to like, record. Right. It's like, like that gorilla's record. Like he's talking so some deep, shit. But dog. it's like, <laughs> it's like almost like he's subliminally making you listening to like, cause you're partying to the shit, like, but you're like, Oh man, ha, like, ha, you're getting up. a message <laughs> yeah, over. A, you're getting a fucking woke message <laughs> over a nice melody. Trick your ass. But moving on. We got mad birthdays too. Remy Ma, legendary rapper out of New York. Be Real from Cypress Hill, who just had a versus battle with uh, Onyx, which they're kind of pissed about because I guess it wasn't on the versus uh, live app, and Be Real was sending some shade towards Swiss Beats about that. But anyways, um, and then Curtis Mayfield, one of my favorite artists of all time. Curtis Mayfield, man. my mm, lord. Mm, 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 James mm. Brown, Isley Brothers, Curtis Mayfield, probably the three most sampled motherfucking soul artists of all time. Um, Melissa Etheridge. Also, neither of us are giant fans, but um, we're celebrating Pride Month, and she is definitely one of the queens of that shit for sure in music industry. She's always been an outspoken lesbian, and never wavered from that. You know, she and she was out, you know, in times that were tough for gay and lesbian men and women to be out. So we want to send love to her. Um, and then let's see, what else do we got here? Oh, Shaky Graves, who is a you know he. You guys that listen to our show might not know who that is, but he's a bluegrass musician that makes some really, really dope shit. Like I, I had not heard of much of his stuff until Andy took me to that uh, bluegrass music festival and he headlined there. And he does everything himself. He's like got like a blues, like a steel slide guitar, and then he's also got like um basically like a bass drum and like attached to like some tambourines on the back of his foot. And, you know, he kind of does it all himself. He'll make the beat, and then he'll just start jamming. And it's, like, some pretty dope-ass, like, outlaw-type shit, man. Yep. So I, I fuck with Shaky Graves. Um, and then also one of West Coast's greatest stoner rappers of all time, Devin the Dude. The doopy-ass train. The doopy-ass train. <laughs> Actually, want, you know what? I kind of want to see Devin the Dude live. I would love to see Devin the Dude live. He's a legend, yeah. man. Yeah, I, I love that dude. Um, so yeah, those are all the birthdays we got for you this week. Um, celebrate all of them and RIP to all the ones we lost. I do got a funny tidbit before we go into something old, something new. For sure. The Jack Harlow KFC meal. Dude. Jack- <laughs> That's kind of funny, right? <laughs> Did you see Wheeler Walker Jr.? No. Like, <laughs> I fucking love it. So he was like, where the fuck's my meal? I'm the king of Kentucky. <laughs> <laughs> On top of that, Jack Harlow's on here twice for me for hilarious shit. One, and then two, he has more BET nominations than Little Nas X. Little Nas X got zero. We should be clear about that. He got zero, which is, since we're in Pride Month, we should just, might as well say this real quick. That is kind of trash, BET. I'll be honest, because listening to both albums now... I would argue I that definitely like Lil Montero Nas X better has than, a better uh, album the other than one. fucking Jack Harlow When did Montero does? come out? Like last year? Yeah. That's the only thing that makes no sense to me about the BET Awards. So, all of the nominations are not albums that came out the year they're supposed to be nominated. Did it? Did it skip a year because last year? 
Oh, is that what happened? That that's the like, only logical is, thing I'm I like, can think of. Why is Drake's and Kanye's and all this shit getting nominated? That shit was all. I guess it always is retroactive. Right? Yeah, because of the year before. before. But Jack Harlow's came up this year. Wait, yeah. when did? Wait, hold up, hold up, hold up. Yeah, when I did? Wait, did he get nominated for an album or did he get nominated for a single? Because if it was a single, then he might have dropped it last year. Don't tell me he got nominated for the song that he's on with Lil Nas X, did he? Industry Baby. (laughs) Then that's a nomination for Lil Nas X. That wouldn't make sense. Because it's Lil Nas X song. (laughs) I don't know how it works. Hold up, man. I got to look this shit up now. (laughs) Honestly, this is a good point. We're actually going to take a quick pause because I have to pee really badly. (laughs) So, quick pause. We'll be right back.
Yeah. I'll tell Eric it was about 58 minutes. And we back. We back. All right, one more topic that I wanted to get into before we get to something old, something new, because it's fresh on our minds and also fitting the theme, celebrating Pride this month, um, would be an artist that E-Man and I both are gigantic fans of that we support to the fullest, and that would be our boy Isaiah Rashad. Um, he did an interview with Joe Yee. Budden Yee. about all of Yee. the um, horrible shit that happened to him, really. Um that was some of the saddest shit I've. Yeah, it, it, it like was, as far as how it got handled yeah. at first. Um, so, th- to those of you who don't know what we're talking about, Isaiah Rashad's a TDE rapper um, who is phenomenal. He makes shit that is so much different than the rest of the guys in his camp. Um, we've always been a giant fan since he dropped Sylvia demo in 2013. Um, but anyways, so he had a sex tape that got leaked on the internet where apparently um, it involved him and other men, um, which was a surprise to people because he has children and, you know, he's always been talking about girls and stuff and his music. So he put on Joe Budden kind of discuss it, which I actually think is a perfect platform for that to happen because I think Joe, you can say a lot of things about Joe, but Joe is a pretty accepting person. Um, I think these days in his life and um, he did this interview with Isaiah and you know we heard a lot of things in this interview that were shocking to me you know like that it was like so um, horrible to him when he found out that he tried to actually kill himself yeah man Uh, he tried to drive his car into a brick wall right or Mm -hmm. yeah um, it's like right when that tape went out and I've always been for one was like, yo, do, you know, do whatever you feel as long as there's consensual parties involved and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, it's all cool. Like, it's not my life. It's your life to live, exactly. everything like that. So shouldn't be a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I did take away from this that was a good thing is that, you know, maybe it'll lead to motherfuckers like living their truth, you know? I think it's definitely. I, I think it's definitely gonna do that, for, especially for people that fuck with Isaiah heavy. I think like his fan base is. He credits his fan base for you know making him actually feel better about everything. And he said you know that the fact that he didn't die when he crashed his car that's a really sign. like was like um, a sign of like holy shit, what the fuck did I just do? I almost just left my kids like this and that. Going and, back to that, um, when he was talking about. One day, you know, when his kids get older and stuff like that, the internet is forever, so they'll, you know, clearly find out what happened here. Not only just, like, the car accident, like, him doing that, I mean, like, the tape and everything like that, too, and it's just, like, I always think about that, like, Mm -hmm. when artists make music, like, certain type of music or have, like, a certain type of image when they get older and, like, have kids and stuff like that. How would the kids perceive certain things? I, I always think about that. I wonder too, man. Yeah. It's like, and even if they're accepting of it, there's also going to be, you know, we, we live in a, you know, balanced world of, you know, some people are this way, some people are that. Like, so there's going to be the kids that are going to be. Dude, when I, like when I eventually have a child, I think about like 
Dad, why'd you die? Why'd you get beat up in a lake in that video? <laughs> why did they leave you in the lake? <laughs> but I think about like things like that, like just like just the random shit. I mean, just like certain things like that's public and things like that. Like, how, man, it's gonna be crazy. Like it is, and I don't want to spend too much time on it because we do have to get to something else. Something the, new. Isaiah Rashad, Isaiah Rashad thing really had a positive outcome at the it end of the day. It definitely had a positive. Shout out to outcome. Joe, by the way, because that was actually a good interview. It was a great it was interview. A great I think interview. they did a great job. Yeah. Um, it made me. It actually deepened my love for Isaiah Rashad as an artist. Quite honestly, um, I, I respect an artist that is willing to be vulnerable and willing to. Um, you know, share parts of the, and, and obviously he didn't like that's something that maybe he wouldn't have, but he, you know, he credits his partner now. He said his girl now has kind of like she's also that way, where he called himself kind of, um, he described it as gender fluid, but it's more of a pansexual type of thing yeah, where, you, where you the fall in love with like a personality of a person more so than them being uh, this gen- gender or that gender. Well, he said it's also very new to him. He said it's something that he hasn't experienced um, more so than in the last few years of his life. So he's still learning about it and trying to figure out how to navigate his life with that. And, he, and, and, and shout out to his girl that's helping him do that. That's awesome that that's he has pretty that. Ill. No, I mean, I honestly, like, to have, like, that communication and bond with, like, a person and stuff like that, that's actually pretty dope. So mm-hmm. shout out to, uh, you know, his uh, his partner mm-hmm. and that, that, you know, they have that communication and understanding that they can do that and last thing that's, so like, that's really rare and just, just so i can make a joke about it to end it to make things laughable again i don't care who's sucking isaiah rashad's dick as long as he's still putting out that fire ass music that he always makes i mean right? you could do what you it's your body your choice dog like you could do whatever you want just give me the music <laughs> and speaking of which to end this on a super positive note he said he's already got the album title picked out for I the next shit. I don't believe that shit. He said this. He said that this inspired him more than anything to get in the studio. He's like, when I'm dealing with pain, is when I'm recording the most music. He's like, when I'm not like when I'm when, when everything's Gucci, I'm not in the studio as much. So that's, he's like, I got a lot of fucking so shit to write that, about. That goes into everything we what always I talk said, about. <laughs> a, why, like people sell trauma. Misery loves Artists company. Artist sells man. trauma. Right. Because all, that's because we're, we're fucking out here hanging because we're thread. fucking crazy listen people. Everything we've talked about in this, <laughs> listen to everything we've talked about in this episode, bro. Everybody's like, out here we, hanging on by that. Artists are fucking crazy people. We literally fucking sell trauma out there for people to digest, and just because they want to be as fucked up as we are, so it's just I insane. Even, it's even, insane. No, I don't think it's to be. I don't think it's to be as fucked up. No, as no, we are. To, it, to have like that understanding that someone is fucked up as it, we it's are. Something to relate to because we're all going through it. You know, where everyone's going. Oh no! Some people want to be fucked up, though. Some people want. Yeah, that's true. That is true. That's true. That is true. But like, I'll be honest. Like to pee because we definitely said that we were going to talk about Kendrick more and more as this podcast goes on. That album has been helping me unpack shit in my own life. Like every time I listen to it, I'm like, God damn! There's someone out there that understands. You know what I mean? That makes you feel better and like actually cares. Like I watched a video today of this like white guitar player. Listening to the Heart Part 5 for the first time. And he's like, I don't really listen to rap music. But all my friends keep telling me to listen to this Kendrick album. Or this Kendrick song. So I can break it down and everything. And he, I guess normally like the shtick is he like will play guitar. He'll figure out the guitar melody of the song that he's listening to for the first time. 
And this one, he was like stuck, bro. The motherfucker is not playing guitar and he's just staring. He's like, I have to watch this like six more times. This is like one of the dopest things I've ever seen in my life. And I don't even listen to rap music like that. I'm like, yep, that was what Kendrick will do to you. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, let's move on. We got to get something in old, something new before we get out of here. Um, hold up, hold and up. We got... Where's the effect at? <laughs> it's already on, dude. I'm pretty sure you already have your reverb on your microphone mm, right now. I don't think enough. I, I don't think I have enough of it, though. <laughs> you got the echo button? All right. There is actually... I don't want to fuck with it too much because I have no idea what I'm doing. But... Is that it? That was it was fucked. <laughs> that wasn't what I wanted that was to do. So loud, <laughs> that was super loud. Uh, I apologize, guys. Something, something old, old, something, something new, new, new. Where the fuck did that pre-setting come from? <laughs> <laughs> Just this arbitrary funk beat. <laughs> that was what I, you know. I kind of want to use that for transitions going forward. That figure, shit was kind of ill. If we can figure out, <laughs> how to, was, it was. If we can figure out how to turn the gain down on it. Let's not fuck with it right yeah. now. We'll figure that out a different day. Something old, something new. I will kick this bitch off because I think I can't really remember, quite honestly. But I've got this shit queued up, so why the fuck not? Um, so as I've been chronicling the history of punk rock music, I got you through the early stages of Detroit, and then I got you through the early stages of New York. Well, also at the same time that the Ramones and Blondie and Talking Heads were starting to bubble off in New York, you had a band that was super fucking inspired by the Ramones and all that shit that was happening in New York, and that would be the Sex Pistols out in London, England, Um, which led to a giant punk scene and something that like I've really been taking notice of um, in discovering all and learning about punk rock music is it is eerily similar to the way um, some of the hip-hop music in that same kilt, um, you know, the, more of the emo hip-hop and, and left-of-center hip-hop is, that a lot of these motherfuckers died so young, dude. Yeah, they lived their, they lived their music. It's like, it's such a baffling thing to read about because like, all right, so the Sex Pistols started in 75. Obviously, Johnny Rotten is the big uh, motherfucker that everyone knows, the lead singer who, you know, they were very anarchist lyrics and anti-establishment and just pissing off everyone that they possibly could. I mean, that was like the gist of their shit and learning about it. Like their shows were no different. Like, so Sid Vicious ended up being their bass player in 1977 two years later, but he was basically just like their super fan before that. Like he was even to the point where they would like make sure he was at every show because he'd be in the front fucking wiling out, like throwing shit, fucking pushing people, punching people, whatever the fuck was necessary to fit the scene at that time. Sid Vicious was doing that shit from the crowd. You know what, Neil? I think you just, um, I think you just cracked the code. Huh? What if you hear me out? <laughs> okay, I'm listening. Drill music is the punk rock music of today because people are living that shit, you know. Drill and also even <laughs> like the emo, sh- like it's a like little emo, bit of blend it, of the both. Yeah, it's, it's literally yeah. You got the the gun violence and and trust me, 
And if you want to say these white boys are any different from these black artists, I, I will beg to, to differ on this because Sid Vicious, there is literal multiple accounts of him doing crazy ass shit. And this man died at 21, by the way. He was in the band for two years, died at 21 as a heroin addict. But there is accounts of him going into a club with a fucking motorcycle chain and slashing this motherfucker's face. Didn't get arrested for it. Like, somehow, like, everyone, <laughs> scene broke up. They fucking left. He also, a year later at a fucking Sex Pistols show, broke a fucking beer bottle and stabbed someone in the face with it. So like, I mean, vicious. These, these motherfuckers <laughs> were crazy, bro. And like, there is the Sex Pistols. We we talked about it last week that they're gonna have this, you know, this show coming yeah, out FX. on FX about them. But there's also like, there it's like one of the most chronicled bands, and they were literally a band for two fucking years. And they, you ever watched the Sid and Nancy movie? That's what I was just yeah. gonna say. The Sid and Nancy movie, which is about Sid Vicious and this American chick who had moved to London, who became like an obsessive fan. That Sid Vicious got, you know, wrapped up in his life Nancy with. Nancy Spungen? Yeah, I don't remember what her last name was. Yeah. How do you pronounce this? Spungen? Spungen? Spungen. Let's go with that. Like. Um, but yeah, they were like, and she was also already a heroin addict. You know, these guys were so fucking young. Like, I think about artists like him. She was and, 20 when she died. Yeah. Fuck. I mean, they, they, they were fucking super young. They both OD'd, I believe. Um, but it's just crazy. But the Sex Pistols... The one thing that I wanted to say is they made. Um, let me pull this up real quick. This shit makes me sad too, dog. To be honest with you, it's just like living, you know, living the lyrics. <laughs> it's just oh, really for fucked sure. Up. So, so they made this song in night. So they they came out in 1975, and as most of these punk bands that we've learned about, you know, when they came on the scene was much different when their first album came out. And the Sex Pistols only ever had one album. They were only a band for two fucking years, and they're like gigantically iconic and influential. But they made this song called "God Save the Queen," and they're from London, England, and it is sacrilege and like basically borderline against the law to talk shit about the Queen, bro. Like that was not yeah, being is. fucked with. And they made this song called "God Save the Queen" that is all about how big of a piece of shit that family is. And it literally got banned from every single radio station in England. They could only play it in like clubs, and even certain clubs started not allowing them to play because they made songs like this. But guess what? On the Beats, Brews, and Points of View podcast, we gonna play that. We gonna shit. play that shit. So here's a little bit of "God Save the Queen" out of the Sex Pistols. Pretty fire song, I can point out. I'm being honest.
unfortunately and ironically, I do have to say, man, Sid Vicious, or not Sid Vicious, uh, Johnny Rotten has kind of conformed into a MAGA douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> Over the years, I did see him wearing a fucking MAGA hat in support of Donald Trump, and that was... I saw Pretty a MAGA exciting. bucket cat. I saw a MAGA bucket hat the other day. No. So there's this. Uh, you ever heard of? What, I forgot the Let's Go Brandon fucking campaign or whatever. Yeah, it was going. it's so fucking stupid. I, I don't still don't get it, but there was like a rapper that pretty much jumped on that, and yeah, he was like holding like automatic weapons with a with a fucking MAGA bucket hat. That on. was the motherfucker <laughs> that jumped on stage to attack Dave Chappelle. He was a fucking was MAGA that? douchebag. But you know, anyways. <laughs> Sex Pistols, definitely gigantically <laughs> influential. I guess we're going to find out much more of it coming up soon with this FX show. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to let you guys know that, you know, it's it's so crazy to me how, like, quick-lived artists can become so influential like that. Like, you know, so such a short life, you know. Think about stuff like that. Even, like, Jeff Buckley, man, who only had one album before he died, and it literally ch- fucking changed my life, his goddamn... Is there any relation to Jesse Buckley? I don't think so. Okay. No. Tim Buckley is his dad, who was a folk singer in, like, the 60s and shit like that, but... Anyways, on to E-Man. E-Man, something old for you, my friend. You know what? Um, I think I had Portishead last week, but I did listen to the third album. Did uh, you? Recently. I don't think you had... Did you have Portishead last week? I feel like I had... Part of that. Did I? Did I? I don't think you did, dude. I don't think you did. Oh, okay, I saved. Okay, I must have saved it then. Anyway, so uh, I went to Portishead's second actually album, uh, their self-titled album, Portishead. I was uh, cutting grass for my grandma mm-hmm. uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I was just in the mood for something chill, man. You relax, and then actually going back to the Kendrick album because I know like the uh, what's what's my what's her what's homegirl's name, lead singer of Portishead. Oh Jesus Christ! Shit. Uh, we should be more prepared. Hold up, I got this. <laughs> hey, oh, Beth Gibbons. Yeah, okay, so yeah, Beth Gibbons is on the Mr. Morale and the Big Stepper, uh, Big Steppers album uh, on the Mother I Sober track, and it kind of made me go back and listen to a little bit of Portishead because they're like one of my favorite, like allegedly being high as fuck in my room albums mm-hmm. or artists to listen to, just like to relax and kind of unwind with. Cause I don't know why it's just like the voice and like the melody and just how they Strictly actually just fun. fucking sound. It's just so the production on their albums is just so fucking outstanding to me. Yeah. And that's why I really always enjoy Porter's head. And I feel I mean, like the lead sing- or the lead song off the of Cowboys was fucking a big song for them. Like, the- yeah, Porter's I mean, they're du- I mean, obviously I think dummy is like their biggest album overall. Right. Mm-hmm. Probably so. Uh, but yeah, man, I want to talk about their self, their uh, self-titled second album, which was really great to me. Uh, let's go into a little bit of the history. Give me one. Second. She serves as like she serves as such a awesome part of that Kendrick part too, like because it's such as I described on the podcast, it sounds like almost like a Radiohead esque. Um, piano groove that he just starts going off um what's the name of that song is mama uh mama i'm sober mama, I'm sober. that shit that's the song that made me cry the most on the kendrick album which happened to me several times throughout that album but holy shit that okay. one was like hard to listen to man like that- so portishead second uh, second t- self-titled album was released September 16th of 1997 
their actual album cover is a still image from their video called All Mine, I believe, was on the uh was like the lead single off of that album, if mm. I'm not mistaken. Uh Critics pretty much perceive this as gothic, gothic, deadly, and trippy atmosphere, combining the texture of music, and it just got darker and deeper and more disturbing, which I can agree to that, because I was definitely allegedly off an edible, blowing my grandma's line while listening to it. I'm like, holy shit, this is how we get out of nowhere, dog. But... No, I, I just like just like it was just a nice groove to it. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I just genuinely love Portishead, man. Uh, but I, I remember when I was listening to, I think I saved it. It was half day closing for me, and I got me an album. And I was like, okay, this is where the album started going to like a really like twisted like turn to it. And I'm like, dude, this is this is like right up my alley right now. Mm-hmm. Shout out to uh, shout out to gummy companies. Anyway, but, <laughs> uh, anyway, so I should play some half day closing. Let's play it? some half day closing. All right, here is a little bit of Portishead from their second um, album that is self titled, called Half Day Closing. Hopefully this gives you a little understanding for the fans that don't so know Portishead number two, uh, on the Kendrick song. Too. Number two on the UK album charts and 21 on the Billboard charts when it was released. Oh, yeah. Seven O Shake isn't a Portishead fan. I don't know. 070 Shake, <laughs> FKA Twigs. <laughs> okay. Speaking of which, we got some 070 Shake talk too. All right, that's all we can afford. That's all we can afford. Yeah, I just want to say I love how like well. I mean, it's definitely going to change in a second here. Obviously, we can't play all of it, but like, I love how I love when um, musicians layer the right and left speakers in different fashions. I love that in that mix that right there, the the drums were just in the left ear. The, and I, <laughs> like dude, the, so I'm such a because I, I I do that with my own music. I love like the actually like the pan the left or right and stuff mm-hmm. like that. It just adds such a different like effect to like the listening experience to it. Dude, to like I feel like just subtle. Casual listeners might not even peep things like that, but shout out to a uh, title hi-fi, you know, that oh, is like, it's yeah, really dude. great. Like where you could just like, Ooh, this some, this some real shit right here when you actually put that up, but like playing it on like speaker, like if you have like the Dolby digital or whatever, like the four speaker or whatever, it's just, you get like that vibe where it just like bounces to it. That shit's mm-hmm. dope. But dude. man, I really, really enjoy Portishead. Like just like 
just listening to. So shout out. It to sounded to funny me. sending this to you. Just in that same vein, real quick, I gotta play it. Like a Father second John Misty. So <laughs> it sounded. It felt weird sending this to you, man. I was like. I fucking love that album, by the way. Like, I, gotta, I gotta like had some context, but I sent him a song called "Kiss Me, I Love You." He did. He sent me the song. Here's the thing. So my dumbass didn't even think about what he did until after. I was like, "Oh shit, dope." So I went back and just listened to the whole album. But then he sent me this because it pans left and right. He said. Jesus Christ. <laughs> going back to Isaiah Rashad. Anyway, so because like, so, it's like right in the speaker, like that's why he sent it to me originally. 100%. But then I went back and listened to the album. And mind you, I have a blown speaker in my car, so I wouldn't have got that regardless. Yeah, for sure. But like, I was like listening to it like in the headphones. I'm like, ooh, this shit is dope. And I went back and listened to that album. By the way, that album is a great. It's not even, I guess there. this is going to be a continuation of my something old. I'm just going to play you a tiny little clip of this just That's so you can hear what new. I'm talking about. did it just come out? Well, it's like a... Uh, it's that one, like, I think just came out, dude. That was it? Chloe in the yeah, 21st century? I guess it was century, this year, yeah. 20th century? 21st century? It was a few weeks ago. I don't remember if I... Co- I, I might have covered it already once, but I can't remember. But anyways, I just want to show you guys a little bit of this because I love the way he uses the left and right on here. Sounds amazing. Father John Misty. He used to be the drummer of Fleet Foxes, by the way. It was mostly because E-Man got these brand new house speakers for us, and I was like, damn, this sounds so good on this, on these speakers. I swore I wouldn't do this. The wine's gone to my head. The ferryman's been stranded. Stay with me tonight instead The end will not befall us The sky will not descend Life can be more sweet than bitter If you'll only let me that shit but yeah that's just an example of what i was talking about amazing but moving on to something new um there's only honestly quite it's been a little bit quiet on the music front since kendrick dropped i mean there has been some shit but for me there hasn't been a lot of major releases that i've been listening to more than this one and this would be out of something that i alluded to on that same kendrick episode but I didn't play any of it because I'd only listened to it once at the time and I wanted to get back into it. And that would be the offshoot side project out of Radiohead's Tom York and Johnny Greenwood. Tom York being the lead singer of Radiohead, Johnny Greenwood being the guitar, the lead guitar player for Radiohead. And the band is called The Smile. Um, it also features um, Sons of Kermit drummer Tom Skinner. And produced by Nigel Gudrich, who, if you're a Radiohead fan, you know exactly who that is. He's done basically all of their music and also been a part of the band Adams for Peace. Um, but yeah, they put out, um, during like the lockdowns, they made a surprise debut performance at Glastonbury uh, last May. And in early 2022, they released a six singles and performed through an audience at these shows in London 
And then in May, they released the album, which is entitled A Light of Attracting Attention. Um, to me, it's just, it feels really wonderful to hear Johnny and Tom making music together again. Because since Radiohead put out their last uh, album, A Moonshape Pool, um, Tom has released a solo album. I think one, just one solo album, I think. Um, but it... It just feels nice to have these two. You really, it really makes me realize the collaborative love and importance of them together to be Radiohead. Um, because it, Tom's solo stuff definitely doesn't feel as Radiohead because it's more of electronic driven stuff. Tom has been on record saying that if he had to pick one instrument the rest of his life to use, it would be his computer. Um, so it's nice to have this feel of Johnny's presence in Tom's um, songwriting ability. So for me, this shit is really nice to hear. I really found a lot of shit that I love on it. Um, I'm going to pull you up my favorite shit on it real quick. The smile. Um, I also would like to hear some more Radiohead, if I'm being perfectly honest. <laughs> Maybe like the, the like, takeaway from this album is I'm like, oh shit, I'm ready for a Radiohead album. Mm. Um, but this song called Thin Thing was like, this actually made me feel more like Radiohead and like the more upbeat Radiohead shit that they were doing on like, um, in Rainbows. So here's a little song called Thin Thing. And I think this shit is so fucking dope. So here you go. and nuance in the music that these motherfuckers make that like just really floors me as a fan and like to just to piggyback on like a full circle moment in in Flying Lotus that we were talking about that we saw over the weekend at Movement he was um, I saw Adams for Peace when they first joined as a band in Chicago at the Aragon Ballroom it was before they even made the album they were just playing Tom York's solo album uh, The Eraser which is um, you know Fleas and Adams for Peace from the Red Hot Chili Peppers and and uh, Nigel Godrich and amongst others, but Flying Lotus opened that show and he closed his set by doing a totally fly low version of Idiotech by Radiohead, which is like one of the things I'll never forget in life. It's one of those concerts that I was like so excited to be at and so happy, like never forget that shit. Anyways, that's my something new. E man, what you got? 
Uh, I'm going to go a complete different, different direction here completely. <laughs> so they always say that, you know, as, as a Detroiter, right? They always say that the Bay is our cousins, right? Mm-hmm. They always 100%. say the Bay is our cousins. They have similar sounds, similar swag, similar style, similar whatever. Uh, one of the, uh, I guess, like the princess of the Bay, or uh, we could say uh, will be Kamaya, who yep. recently dropped a seven-song EP called Divine Timing. And it features actually two Detroit artists on it in seven sure songs. You got Sada Baby and Cash Kid. And then there's also a feature. I don't know who Du Bois is, but. I don't either. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I actually really enjoy this a lot. Like, I like Kamaya put out something a couple years ago, No Explanation, which was a solid 11 song project as well. I really like that she dropped this EP. It's very, uh, very up with the times, I would say, in a way, as far as like the style of it. I. Personally, really enjoy the Sada Baby song the most. I would say that Oakland Stepping in Detroit, uh, as far as like the actual single off of it. Though I really, I don't know, Kamaya is like one of those people kind of. I got I got hip to her. I think you know what of all people I got hip to her because of G Easy <laughs> of all people. But, but uh, yeah, man, I, I really enjoy what I listen to. I don't know too much about her as far as other style like. I Personal love style, that that song is called Oakland really, Stepping in Detroit. Yeah. That's so hard. Yeah, <laughs> have you have you listened to this yet? No, I have not. No, it's actually like a really, really dope project. It's a lot of like Detroit sounding beats on there too. So it's like it's it's a perfect I love that. It's a perfect blend of the two cities. Let's put it that way. And that's why I really enjoy it. So shout out to Kamaya. I had just made a comment on this last night too, and before I play this song for you guys, I just wanted to say that like at the same time, you know, E Man's just telling us about how like the Detroit Bay Area has this like marriage of sound and it really fucking does. Um, and E40 was just featured on a song with Tone Tone and Sada Baby, which you know, Tone Tone and Sada Baby are two Detroit legendary rappers. Um, on the come up, I would say Tone Tone's a legendary, like, yeah, Sada and Sada Baby's, Baby's getting there, but it's just it's and then E40, which is mind blowing. I just wanted to state this real quick E40's first album came out in the mid 80s and he is still so sought out by young artists to be on their shit. And I think that's just like, that just needs to be mentioned because that's fucking impressive to me. Like the man has had like a 30 fucking plus year career. That man is doing, (laughs) E4 doesn't get enough credit. That man is selling wine, like doing doing pop ups and shit. He's as cool as they could be. Like he's just awesome. Nobody has a cadence like E40 rapping either. Nobody, not a single person, but the Bay and Detroit, I can't think of a better uh, example of the marriage sounding amazing than when Cardo produced an album for Payroll Giovanni. Like, that shit sounded so fucking good together. But, um, yeah, so shout out to them. Let's play. Speaking a- of that album, by the way, Cardo um, Payroll. Yeah, I, I really wish Payroll did more beats like that. I do too. I just want to throw and his new there. one's amazing too, yeah. so don't get uh, me yeah. wrong. Oh, but man. That's, yeah, we no, need that, to talk need, about we'll that. We'll talk about that next week. Yeah. Um, Payroll's new album is phenomenal too. That's one that we could have got to. Yeah. But um, let's play you guys a little bit of Oakland Stepping in Detroit out of Kamaya and Sada Baby. Here is that for you off of her project entitled Divine Timing. Divine Timing. Bitch speaking on me, I ain't been with that shit. I ain't no bitches cheating on me, prostitutes, I never live with. If a bitch was breathing on me, that's because I know she licked it. Her lit shit, thick shit, get hit quick. Listen, I look. I don't play with nothing. Uh, disrespect my people, then my niggas get to can something. Spread something. Soon as you get to uh, saying uh, something. Uh, I kinda yeah. like every day because I like to lay with money. Listen. Huh, pull up with Kamaya, ooh. Make your BM lighter, you. I was born in 92. Bitches do 
what I like to do. Her left as soon as she fell in love. Cause I done make the writers move. Her hit the kitchen with the yay, yeah, yeah, get the fiends the itis too. Now who, ay, get your hoe too. He's definitely Put like a chains on and shit that. The beat is so Oakland and Detroit at the same time. It's so crazy. Yep. the bass drop with no hook. I do. Hey. Say your bitch, who you speaking on? Pull up on your block, and get the tweaking home. I'm not in your lane, we not the same, so what you reaching for? You wanna be Kamaya? I got a bitch inspired. I'm the hot girl, I set the city on fire. Before me, it wasn't none now prior. I'm making movies like that nigga Ben Styler. That's what you wanna say, cause it's just in my head. Hold on, hold on. I'm making movies like that nigga Ben Styler. <laughs> she definitely said that. That's what you wanna say, cause it's heavy on the mind. Fucking Fox News, quit using rap lyrics and weed as the excuse for gun violence, because neither of those are the fucking oh, cause. Oh, you they, fuck well, they try video games, too. Don't oh, get that wrong. They've been games. trying and video games for decades. Suck <laughs> my dick with that. Straight up. Like, that's the worst. It depends on the person, dog. Oh, bro, that shit It is... depends on the person. It depends on the upbringing. It's nature versus nurture. I'm going to no. motherfucker that gets bullied in high oh, school. fuck. Fox, unequivocally, fuck Fox News and everything they stand for. Every one of them motherfuckers can suck it raw. <laughs> I really hate them. Laura, Ing- Laura Ingram literally went on there and said, the pot psychosis is the... Pot psychosis. Is the... Uh, is the reason for... No, uh, pot psychosis gives you panic attacks. I was going to say... The only <laughs> I know that first. It, she said... She, she blamed it on the violence in this country. The only thing violent... Pot has ever maybe want to do is violently eat a bag of Chips Ahoy cookies, bro. That I've seen you it. violently make some tacos before. <laughs> that too. Like, I'll violently. violently eat some food. That's about it. <laughs> or violently. No, I take a violent. violent fucking nap. <laughs> <laughs> I am fucking my pillows all the way to fuck up. Oh man, them sheets are getting fucking murdered out here. <laughs> Might even room of my dreams. <laughs> All right, lastly, before we get out of here, man, we just want to say shout-out to the sports going on right now. In the NHL playoffs, you got Anaheim going against the Oilers. Colorado's up on that series 3 nothing, And then you got uh, Tampa Bay against the Rangers. The Rangers are up 2-1 to one in that series to lead to the Stanley Cup Finals. And meanwhile, and in, NBA in NBA news. Literally, after we get done cutting this episode, which is like, a half hour from now. Right starts. now we're sitting. Uh, Golden State is down. Golden five. State's Golden State's up one. Or, um, no, I mean like currently, like right now. Oh, it's actually yeah, on. It's on. It's it started at, at it started at eight. Oh shit. Yeah. Fuck. So well, anyways, yeah. Golden State <laughs> lost the first game, which was mind blowing to me because I fell asleep and they were way up, and then I woke up in Boston fucked them up. So Boston, this new team is pretty fucking crazy. Mm. I guess maybe that's how I should uh, close this. Jason Tatum, bro. Jason Tatum, but there's also uh, that song Chris Middleton called Marcus Smart by oh, Rosenberg. Let's see if I can find it. Wait, that's not. He's not on there. Is, yeah, that's, he the, is. that's the other green team. No, Marcus Smart. No, I said Chris Middleton. That's the oh. other green. <laughs> that's that's the Bucks. What was I doing? <laughs> um, shout out to Peter Rosenberg. It's actually the one year anniversary of his Real Eight album, and he announced that Real Eight Two is coming early 2023. Hey, that's dope. So, shout out to him. Um, he's got a song on the album called Marcus Smart about the Celtics and how he's like this fucking, you know, amazing player. And it features Flea Lord and Stove God Cooks. Stove so God. here's a little bit of Marcus Stove Smart. Stove God might be my favorite, like, bro, trap rapper right Yo, now. Yo, he's so fucking fire, man. I fucking like, love Stove God. We love y'all. We'll see you guys next time. Peace. Peace.
Okay, okay. Uh-huh. Okay, okay. I like this beat right here. Uh-huh. Let me drop. Side down, letting the sun in up the one tenth. Chopping in hands that'll make a nigga lung spin. Cruising up the coast, yeah, they choosing us the most. Takeover's complete, I'm using music just to boast. Violent fools, straight up on masses in my talent pool. Nonchalant attitudes, bouncing around in Malibu. Legends happening, hot weapons by the bench. Lord, I used to cook the coke, and now I chef inside my pen. Sipping Gatorade and Henny, why you twisting up the skinny? Dying cause you lying, and you living just to envy. Shit, scary, 36 shots up in the six series play near me patch over eye like i'm nick fury promises is kept been shining since the jets and i'm killing it with fashion and designer shit to I'm death yes said i'm killing it with fashion and designer shit to death young boy screws loose they don't strip the bolts on them should have never sent them to pick up the work for them sprayed the park and had my shit inside the car mark a smart boy was shooting with a 36 on him said if it wasn't in the rush they was all goners Tech cursive on the chest, he was gonna Sean John him. They were sleeping on the guard, then it dawned on him. My mic game's different, I'm Bob Bark. My wrist spin like the wheel, my nigga still in the field. I got busy this year, stop hating nigga, you see it. Buck 50 on your face now, nigga, you see him. The John Geigers is teal, strings wrap their ankles. When I think back, I'm thankful, cause the first hit I made was with the bacon soda. Apron over the East St. Laurent with the AP on them, last bricks I had.